0: Welcome to the 40K Lorecast. Hello and welcome to 40K Lorecast with me, John Barsati and Brad Chester. This guy. We've come a long way, and finally, we've reached the year 31,005. We've now spent about three hours talking about for the last 15,000 years of history, and we're going to spend three or five or more hours talking about seven years of history. So buckle up, because this is about to get detailed. (laughs) (laughs) We're about to jump into probably the, the most exciting part of lore of, of 40k, which is the true origin story.
1: What the game is actually built on. Late nineties, when I first found out about 40k, I read the Horus Heresy, which is the basis of the game. Everything that they did. It's the the huge civil war that split the galaxy, broke the Imperium, broke slash made the Imperium to what it is right now, and set the stage for literally the game of 40k. This is what it's based off. It expands wildly from here, but this is this particular time. These events that we'll be going over in the next two,
0: three, three, yeah. <laughs> we're honestly, guys, we're just going to talk and we're going to cut them to an hour and then put the next one up. So we're yeah. going to, this is going to go for a while. If it sounds like a long diatribe, it shouldn't. This is probably the most exciting lore in the game.
1: Well, we have the, the story. Lore, yeah. It's really what it's based on. And we've got to a point where the Imperium has pushed out into millions, literally millions of worlds, and they are wildly successful. I don't think we've lost, we haven't, we've lost battles, but we haven't lost any real engage. I actually, we haven't lost any battles. We've lost engagements. Yeah, exactly. And we are the dominant race in the galaxy. The hum- humanity has met a smattering of, the I have to quote again what the Inquisition calls the lesser races, but we've we haven't really met that much resistance from anyone else. The Eldar, the space elves, broke the sky and they are effectively fleeing and working with the oh, yeah, we lost 90% of our race, yep. they're dealing with that. Orcs are orcs, orcs are never well, going to be
0: the orcs are actually where we're going to start this, true. But we're I'm saying start- the,
1: the orcs are the big. Orcs are a big issue, but orcs aren't typically a coordinated issue unless a great war chief has called a walk.
0: (laughs) So that's actually where we're going to start this one. We're going to start with Ulanor, which I'm going to say right now, you can rename a planet later if you want, but it doesn't change what it was.
1: An orc stronghold? (laughs) Yeah.
0: So orcs, an important piece of the game that you're going to hear me say over and over again is orcs are never beaten. We'll have 1 to 42 episodes on orcs. Brad wants to do Eldar forever. I want to do orcs forever. Bam. We will give it, Tau a solid 15-minute episode at some point. I'm, <laughs> kidding. I'm just kept kidding. Whoa, whoa, whoa. That seems too long. <laughs> it seems yeah, maybe 10. Tau exists. Boo. Next episode. So we're going to start with at the end of the Great Crusade. At this stage, mankind has reconquered the, the galaxy. They have brought old worlds back into the fold. I mean, millions of systems have been brought in. And there was one persistent problem. They would run into lost versions of mankind and they could conquer them. They would run into Xeno species and they would kill them. Then there were the orcs and the orcs actually were an issue. They get to the system and then Ulinar is one of the planets in the system. Ulinar is where the great orc sits. This is a giant uh, orc army. And when we say giant orc army, just for record, orcs, if you've ever seen an orc, tend to carry a pistol and a club that do not work unless they believe exactly. And it took nine Primarchs, a hundred thousand Space Marines, eight million Imperial Army, just soldiers, thousands of starships, and over a hundred walking titans to defeat these orcs. At this battle, they finally defeat the orcs at Olenora, and it becomes like this great achievement for mankind.
1: Well, the biggest thing is is that the orcs were kind of centralized here. Mm-hmm. The orcs had been. One of the biggest things that was problem for the Imperium taking on the orcs was the orcs operate in warbands. They have big, the biggest and the best rocks, however many people he can get together with him, but they're all over the place. They don't really have a centralized structure because it seemed like they were always stomping out fires, but another fire would show up. So they were, it was a big deal for them. This is why they went so hard in All in is it was a chance to take care of this pr- persistent problem that had been going on for literally hundreds of years now.
0: Yeah, and orcs are, and for those who don't know, you don't want orcs on your planet. They are. They
1: ruin the property value.
0: Yes, yeah, severely diminished property value, also kind of murder every tenant, every single person there. This is going to be the emperor's big push. We're going to conquer Ulanar. We're going to stamp out the orcs so he brings the full party. 14 legions are present with nine Primarchs leading them.
1: In a legion is legitimately thousands of Space Marines and uncounted Imperial Guard. They effectively have the Navy with them. Each of the legions has its own army, navy, air force, and they are the Marines. But they have millions of guys with them. So it's not like a a few guys showed up. No, like the Marines are there, but the Marines come with a posse. It's kind of like you're talking about the the 300 story when they're like, there was only 300 guys there. Like, wasn't there like a, thousands of other guys there? Yeah, they were there, but not
0: really. So at the end of this, this an Olinar's got a, a big moment. They defeat the Orcs. And now that they defeat the Orcs, they actually decide to pave the planet. So they actually bring in the Admech, who then destroy all the orc structures, pave the planet, and they have a giant parade. This is the end of the Great Crusade, effectively. We well, have, but this we have is, unified. But
1: this is also the beginning of exactly. what's well, the beginning of the end because this set the seeds of doubt, because they have possibly the biggest uniting moment that they've had. It's literally a 200-year crusade that is now at the pinnacle. We're celebrating it. And then bad English dad says, I'm going to take off. And they go, what are you going to do? He's just like, I'm going to do some stuff. Where? At Terra. What kind of stuff? You know, stuff. And then he effectively smoke bombs and leaves. And uh,
0: yeah. And he doesn't just do that. So not only does the emperor leave and not tell them where he's going, but he also
1: specifically why he's going. Yeah.
0: Or why he just says, all right, I'm out. And the first thing he does is is well-received. He p- makes Horus the leader of the military. Makes him the war master. You are the war master. However, just the military. And this is interesting. The Emperor does something that I think, my perspective, is a smart move. He decides not to hand the reins of the Empire over to his, what I'm going to call, mutant children, because they are. He instead hands the reins to mankind. And he just he, he creates a Council of terror. This is going to be
1: the the high Lords of Terra have been sucky since the beginning. Thank you. I I'm going to do it. You know what? I'm going all on. I'm
0: disagreeing with you.
1: Fair enough. You know, I'm going to go with everybody listening. I could hand it over to my hyper intelligent, able to handle anything, or I can find the most corrupt bureaucrats ever and say, you need to rule my millions of systems. What bad could happen?
0: but the flip side is one of those people that he could have handed it over to was Lorgar. I mean, <laughs> another one of them was Lehman Russ who might've just, all right, look, you're <laughs> handing it over to Bobby G yeah, move on with your life. <laughs> I mean, we know how this, we may know how this works itself out, but, but so what the emperor does is he, he hands it over to a group of, uh, quote-unquote, mortals, because one of them was Malkador, so, quote-unquote. You know, Kelbor Hall of Mars, Constantine Valdor, the Masters of the Astronomica, the Masters of the the, Telepathica, then the Adeptus Administratum, which is the laziest naming I've ever seen, where we're going to go with, we call everything Adeptus. Cool, what's the other one? Well, they're in charge of administration. I cannot think of a lamer title, than Adeptus Administration, but anyway. So, that's what they name it. And so, this... Is not well received by the Primarchs who expected to take over. Because to be fair, they're superhumans, and Brad's well, right. They're well.
1: It's incredibly not even that. Incredibly he intelligent. It, in in all the stories that put it there, the emperor has always kind of. I don't know if he's ever just straight stated it to them, mm-hmm. but it has always been implied, or at least from them inferred, that they were going to rule this new imperium of yeah, man.
0: They were, were going to inherit. They were going to inherit. Dad's business.
1: Exactly. They. He was. They were his sons. They were going to rule over his empire, and that was always what was thought. Always, one hundred percent.
0: And now they're being told. Not only are they not inheriting it, but they're actually going to have to listen to the people that they could physically crush with one hand without even thinking. Yes. Like they they are. These people don't even compare with them. They're also in their mind smarter than these people, and uh, you know they probably were. However, the Emperor had a different opinion. And the reason the Emperor had had a slightly different opinion was because he actually just spent a bunch of time with these guys and realized that his while they weren't quite Thunder Warrior level of violent, they were pretty violent, man. And this is an issue. And most
1: of them had serious flaws. And that's actually what most of the stories, we'll get into a lot of that. The Primarchs are so powerful that lore-wise, in yeah. the in the novels and all the stories, you have to give them personal flaws, or
0: make no detection. one wants
1: exactly yeah. no one wants to read that story. Yeah. It is though, so you have to make things. And most of the times, primarchs fall, is because of their own personal issues, not outside sources. It's always internal things
0: that bring yeah. them down. Yeah. And so, surprise, surprise, the primarchs are getting really upset. They are. They're happy Horuses is in charge, although some of them are a little bit less happy. But the flip side, though, is that they really are sitting there saying this. The emperor betrayed us. And so now you've got super powerful beings who are feeling a lot of emotions. And there's a mildly famous franchise that, that circles around what happens when you're very powerful and you let your emotions overtake us. <laughs> um, yeah. May or may not involve lightsabers. Uh, (laughs) but that's where we're at and so that's kind of this moment is this is effectively the the launch point from here now the seeds of doubt the seeds of corruption the seeds of traitor now can exist because while up until this moment with the exception of one all of the the, we'll
1: we'll backtrack in a minute well let's do those together yeah so we've got this the, the stage is set for chaos. Yeah. The lords of the gods of the warp to weasel away in now. Yep. because there wasn't before we had a pretty much united front. Yep. Even if we didn't have everybody completely unified, everybody had the same goal working yep. forward. You had people with purpose. Now you had people with no real purpose. You were, con- they were going to continue on. Because there was more, but like they don't have a, an end goal. Because you were told you got to the end,
0: and now you're doing bonus DLC. Well, I mean, at the same time, at the same time, I think one thing to keep in mind is that these are light years powerful beings, but they were reporting to the most powerful being in the universe.
1: Well, there's no, there's no overseer
0: now. Yeah, so now, you, now he's gone, and now I'm reporting your, your to bro- your Eric. brother. Yeah, Eric from accounting is now telling me that yeah. this world well, has to pay a tax, it's, and it's, they're not paying a tax. Well, it's tax, also so
1: you have Eric from accounting that's giving you over, over time. And the guy that's in charge of carrying this out right. is your literal brother who you're cool with because he's the most charismatic guy in the family. But he's also, he's not your
0: dad. No, <laughs> like, exactly. He's not your dad who's like, like the most powerful being on the planet.
1: Look, let's, let's go over a couple of flaws real quick. Great, I got to set the stage a little bit on this because chaos, chaos was there, always has been there. And the gods were being born. But the Emperor, in his infinite wisdom, even though he's the smartest guy in the Imperium, this also occasionally makes bad decisions that are horrible. Like never telling his sons (laughs) about what he's doing, for one. But two, the Emperor's view on Chaos was, I won't let anybody know about Chaos because knowing about Chaos empowers Chaos. So if no one knows about Chaos, then they won't power up Chaos. So that was his view on that. The problem is, is that he didn't let others know that needed to know that chaos existed. So we go back to, hey, we've had the seeds of doubt. Well, for one of his sons, Lorgar, the primary of the Wordbearers, this was a big deal because Lorgar was obsessed when he took over new planets that he put up huge planetary idols, basic statues huge places to glory for the emperor and then he got publicly censored for it he uh, got put down so the emperor said publicly chastised him for doing this i'm not because the emperor again we go back to our earlier episodes the emperor wanted to push forward an imperium of man that was not based on religion only science lorgar was setting him up worship
0: of the emperor let's dive into lorgar because i think one of the more important parts in this from a lore standpoint is the guy because Lorgar oddly is kind of how this whole thing goes down. It's, it, it's, well, it's he's the,
1: the uh, he's how he was the first contact with the chaos gods that any of the named characters yeah. in the Imperium uh, got anything. And they said we're, after Lorgar, and this is a ways before this. Yep. And what happened is Lorgar got chastised. Lorgar got told now he got publicly put down and, after that happened, he was ashamed, upset, everything else. And the Chaos Gods, effectively all of them, slowly mm-hmm. whispered to Lorgar, We have, we are actual gods. We will give you somebody. I mean, they gave they they were very subtle about it at first, but over a long period of time, they said, We will give you a proper
0: beings to worship. Let's, let's i think let's pivot and let's talk about Lorgar. I think I think Lorgar is going to be the first primarch we should probably dive into a little bit and talk about the history of Lorgar. So, Perfect. as we've discussed before, Emperor had his project in, in the Himalayan mountains and out of nowhere chaos in, in infects these growth tanks and sends them to worlds all over the place. And each of them ends up in different levels of bad. Some are real bad, some are kind of bad, some are Oh boy. Lurgar is a, a weird one. Lorgar lands on a, on a planet called Colchis. I'm going with Colchis. <laughs> it's not, but I'm continuing on with it. Uh, oh, what, what is it? Colchis? <laughs> it's, Col- it's Colchis. Colchis is such a better way of saying <laughs> it. Anyway, Colchis. Ugh. Anyway, the H is silent because English is a fun <clears throat> language. Um, <laughs> but it, it lands on Colchis, and Colchis is this like.
1: It's a theocracy.
0: Yeah. It, it, but it's it's an old. Well, they
1: also planet. well. It's a theocracy that worships the chaos gods, but it doesn't worship the chaos gods in their name. They have effectively avatars in place of you know. They have yes, you are worshiping this god. You're like yeah, but it's really Zinj. You're yeah. like no, it's not. It's it's the god of the wind.
0: You're like you totally have Zeech right there. It, it's Zeech. I, I'm looking at you <laughs> So the whole planet's ruled by these guys. And so. Lorgar lands. He's discovered by a guy named Korferon. Korferon comes up a lot uh, in, in the near future. And Korferon is a outcast priest, basically, because he was too into the Chaos Gods for everyone else who was into the Chaos Gods.
1: Because he wanted to do the actual. Because yeah. the other ones were being tricked, effectively. Because
0: mm-hmm. they really did think they were
1: worshipping the wind, the sun gods. They, the, His planet had almost a... I think if they wanted to mace it on Egyptian, but it's it's a conglomeration yeah. of whatever. But it's it's all these older elemental type gods that were actually uh chaos gods. <laughs> but they, they where they were getting actual power from
0: was, was the warp. Was the warp. <clears throat> yeah. So he raises Lorgar, and you know, initially his version of raising it is kind of drunk stepfather, you know, just Yells at him, abuses him. Gotta treat the Lorgar like garbage. Um, <laughs> and then Lorgar realizes that,
1: oh yeah, I'm a genetically engineered giant man. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and goes, I'm not gonna take this anymore. And so then all of a sudden, Lur- so then Corpheron gets kind of cool when Lorgar ends up supplanting him and everyone else. And Lorgar is now running the planet. Um, but what interesting thing about Lorgar is one of Lorgar's powers is, I guess, future sight? I mean, yeah. Uh, uh, it's, it's kind
1: of he saw the emperor coming and wanted to he built shrines to the, to the and Empire? the thing but he did this twice mm-hmm. he with, that's the width when he first meets him the emperor comes down and destroys all his shrines yeah and publicly as the ultramarines just burn them down right and kind of doesn't give him or just says don't do that anymore and doesn't really give him a how why whatever he's just like hey man i've been doing this for the past 10 years and he goes yeah, I, I'm going to kill it all in a day. Yeah. And then they go on the, they grab Lorgar and go on the crusade. And then they he start he still makes all of these worship worlds for the emperor. That's what he got censored for. That's what he got chastised for. Was he, he was actually, it wasn't even for just doing that. It was for taking too long because he would raise all these basically worship oh, words.
0: Right. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's, instead of actually like doing what all of the other prime marks I are in mean, conquer the world, move on he would sit there he would establish a religion he would yep. he would educate them on the ways of the emperor
1: and as and worship the emperor, and worship as, the a emperor as a God a God Yes and he, over, he would do this at every planet over. so he was way be behind what he was supposed to be doing because he would literally wait until all of this happened and then he would move on to the next system.
0: So there is a very solid Monty Python life of Brian <laughs> here where over and over again the Emperor is saying, I'm not the Messiah, I'm not the Messiah, I'm not the Messiah. And Lorgar kept going, well, only the true Messiah would deny his Would deny would his name. It's a little bit, but this all kind of leads, leads Lorgar into, eventually the Emperor really does just, that's it, I've had we enough. He publicly puts yeah. it down. And that's, that's Kor, you pronounce it, K-H-U-R. Oh, no, I'm not even. Kerr, with I've it with Kerr. So, he, at a certain point, the Emperor says, that's it, I'm pissed. And he shows up to one of, like, he he invites, in quotes, all, all of the word bearers to their favorite planet, which is Kerr, which is their favorite capital, which is Kerr. And then while they're sitting there, the Ultramarines show up and burn the thing to the ground while they watch. Um, and then the Emperor appears in front of all of them, and... Tells them all to kneel. And when the emperor tells you to kneel, it's not like one of those, like, hey, you should do it because you don't want your head cut off. No, you just kneel because he's the most powerful being in the damn. You don't even know why you're doing it. Yeah, you're just just doing it. So, but this is kind of a weird thing for Lorgar because the being that he's worshipped, because the most powerful being on earth just showed it was the most powerful being on earth, but also just killed him for worshiping, killed his favorite city and all of its citizens for worshiping it. So now the Lord god's new viewpoint is rather than becoming like an atheist saying there are no gods, he goes, I just was worshiping the wrong, the wrong God. gods.
1: And the, and the chaos gods say, yep, you're right. Yep.
0: So at this point, Cor-Faron, you know his dad, who has now been converted to a space marine, we'll cover that in another episode in that one. And, so still alive. <laughs> yeah. And his buddy Erebus, who's, uh, but yeah, there we go. It, just the word bearers are the worst. He word sucks bearers. so much. They are just the worst. But anyway, they decide the best way to help their buddy Lorgar out is to take him on a walkabout into the Eye of Terra. Yep. Um, we could go really deep into this if we want, talking about how they actually had to do this while there were custodian guards surrounding him at all times because the Emperor really didn't want him doing this thing. Well, he, to- he did it anyway.
1: <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I, I had to look on for our notes because John put one of my favorite things, and I want to see if we we're there yet, and it is. They, they go to Kay, Katie. They go to Katie, yeah. In, which he has a parentheses, totally not going to be important again, again later. Katia is the most important Yeah, that, system that in, story
0: will mostly be an entire cast. Tell yeah. You know, what happens to Katie? Katia is a inflection point in the story, but we are well away from that. <laughs> but this is, of course, where a lot of this started. So... Lorgar arrives in Cadia with his dad and his buddy and Sorry, his stepdad. It's with his stepdad and his buddy. And I mean, just decides to have a chat with the chaos gods who are exceptionally deceptive and Lorgar is an idiot. Yeah.
1: And he's also all in immediately. um, Oh, yeah. And also completely believes this is the right thing to do. he he does not think it's a bad idea doesn't think it's going to have consequences later he thinks that this is everybody should actually be worshiping these guys they know the answers
0: they can see the future they are all powerful and so lorgar now has decided that the best thing to do for all of mankind is for all of mankind to come under the influence of chaos and how's he going to do that and now we're gonna jump back to the present. I say, so, back to the present. Back to the present. So now we've got a situation where Horace is sad. One of the things Horace is upset about is that the empire has changed. It went from an empire of conquest, of kind of excitement. He's a warrior. Well, it, to it, an, an it, empire
1: of taxation. It's not. It's not even that though. It. It went from. He was all. Oh, he was fighting. He was doing the bad things mm-hmm. so that I'm gonna. will go from uh, serenity. Yeah. Fire. Yeah. You know. <laughs> I'm I'm a terrible person, but I'm fighting for the better place. I will never live in that place. But Horace always thought he was going to live in this beacon of glorious, everything's awesome. Mm-hmm. And when he looks back and goes, have I been fighting this whole time for this bureaucracy laden, just, I mean, Carrying an anchor while you're swimming a b- bureaucracy <laughs> because it's so wide. It's so far reaching. There's millions of world. There's, it is literally an empire of paperwork yeah. and he's looking uh, at it of, wait a second. This is, this really what I've been? Because he believes Horace is a real believe. Most of the primaries, all,
0: I mean, all, all the primarchs, they, they, they weren't following orders. They, they genuinely believed, believed in believed that hundred percent that, 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 that the emperor is, the solution here. So now Horus is sad. The all, and all the primarchs are sad. This is Lorgar's moment, effectively. So Lorgar has been setting this up for a while. He never knew how he was going to do it, but you know he can see into the future. And so Lorgar realizes. So one thing that Lorgar started doing early on was the infiltration of these things called warrior lodges, and Mournival. Yeah, Mortival. <laughs> Mortable is
1: the name of Horace's, the Luna Wolves. Yeah. And he wants to infiltrate everyone's upper tier. This is where the Primarchs go for the only place they can go because there's, they call it a lodge of equals. Mm-hmm. Because everybody's uh, views, it's actually a great idea. It's a it very, just got fantastic in. idea. It's literally a group of everyone is equal at this table everyone's idea will be taken
0: with the same value all of you yeah your rank and this was i mean there's actually a lot of history to this there is a beauty of allowing captains and sergeants and lieutenants to speak with grunts on equal footing so no one feels like they're offending it so they became brothers within these lodges and so these were technically banned they were you know this was something the emperor would not have been okay with these were things that are there is some spirituality to them so they did not officially exist. You had to be in, it was an invite only uh, membership. And the people who were part of it actually even wore, they had special pins and special coins that they actually used. So they knew who was in it and who yep. wasn't in it. And, and only within the lodge were you able to speak to your superiors at this point in time
1: with no fear mm-hmm. of what was going to happen. So he wanted to infiltrate these because he knew this is the best place. Well, he
0: set these up. Yeah. Well, it's- Yeah. He set these up. This was this he brought these from his homeworld. This is something that Lorgar brought in and everyone thought it was great.
1: Which it kinda was, except for when you infiltrated with chaos. Exactly.
0: The thing was what Lorgar was really doing here, and we're gonna dive into this in a minute here, is he was basically using it as a way to see who's on what side. Yep. Like, let's get everyone in a room and we can very quickly hear people speaking candidly, and then this way it allows me Mostly Erebus, actually, because he just sucked to make a list of well, these are the people it will, who it will are deceptive.
1: Erebus, Erebus was the one, and this is the big focus. Erebus was the one that was assigned to Horus, with the little was, mm-hmm. the sons of Horus. He was in their lodge, but there was Wordbear's
0: agents in all every lodge, every lodge, yeah. yeah. And this their goal here is to kind of keep everyone along where we're going. Lorgar's goal in here is to figure out who he can turn who he can bring to his side. And some he had to, Horace being the one he has to. Yeah,
1: he can't. Yeah. There's people that you can, again, you're going to have a split. They, right. And this is not even just stories, it's just period. It, it yep. was a fact. They knew that there was going to be a civil war. However, he needed at least half, which they got. Yeah. But you need at least half these guys, but you need certain people to come. You can't have Horace being on the other side. No one's leaving as long as Horace. Yeah. Is there? He is the most charismatic of everyone. That is his whole deal. Mm-hmm. He is—he's the face guy. He's the negotiator.
0: That is what he does. So at this stage, we've got the infiltration of Warrior Lodge. Lorgar's plan is beginning. The pieces are coming in. He's got—he now has access. He's able to see who's who. But the thing is, we still need a culmination. There's got to be something to push it over. And this is where we get to the Interacts. And the Interacts are an interesting. Little side story. So it's a human civilization that actually was living side by side with Xenos. Because in the thirty-first millennia, this was kind of okay, not really, but whatever. And they were. We we talked in a prior episode, and Brad brought up that some of these worlds that went dark were a single planet that made hubcaps, and that planet probably got killed. But there were other ones where it was actually star systems that were able to still. Because they were close enough with faster-than-light drives, they were actually able to build a a mini empire, and the Interacts were probably mm-hmm. the largest one. So, then about 30 star systems, they were incredibly advanced. Because not only did they have the Dark Age of Technology, which wasn't really a dark age; it was just an age of technology. They had that stuff. They'd also met Xenos or alien species who brought their own technology, and so they were this light-years advanced civilization that. When Mankind met, it was this, really don't want to fight them because it's probably going to cost us a lot of lives, so why don't we just try to be cool? And so that's what they went with. So Horus went to meet with them. thing that's important here, though, but the interacts knew about Chaos. The Iteracs were very well aware of because they actually been fighting it for a long time. Like a long, long time, actually. Like, they knew who Chaos was.
1: They and knew they- who Chaos was, and they have technology on par. They actually... In the stories, if you read the Horace, please do. Please. Read the Horace Heresies novels. But they actually have better technology. They just don't have space marine technology. They don't have genetic engineering technology. But their weaponry is actually slightly better.
0: Yes, yeah, actually, we'll get to what happens in a second. But there's some really mm. cool weapons that they kind of pull out of nowhere. While they're there, they meet with Horace. And it's a happy meeting. And they take him a little tour of their city. And their city has a museum. And in the museum, there's some stuff from their wars with chaos. Because when you defeat a a, a dark god, it's really important to keep all his shit around.
1: And there might be an unbelievably powerful sword from Nurgle, the god of plagues and pestilence.
0: Grandfather Nurgle. So Out of nowhere, while everyone's hanging out, there's an explosion. And it turns out that someone stole said sword. One of the few things in the galaxy that could actually hurt yeah. a primer. Yeah. yeah. And that's now happened. So there's now the Interacts attack. And the Space Marines discover that what they thought were little decorative crossbows that guys had in their things, much like what uh, Chewbacca has, actually is pretty nasty and can shoot through power armor and the being correct they retreated the space marines fled the system because the interacts were attacking they fought their way out the space even though mankind of conquered the galaxy they were not necessarily the most powerful thing so but they leave no one knows it, what happened to go back on that one of the reasons that the imperium
1: us i guess mm-hmm. mankind keeps winning at this point in time is we just have more yeah we have millions of worlds so we can lose a battle. We're never going to lose the war because we are so willing to throw bodies at
0: you that it doesn't matter. So Now we're going to get to the first part of Horace's fall. And one thing I want to circle back to is talking about mankind doesn't know chaos exists. Magic doesn't really, there's no belief in magic or any of this stuff. There's aliens and that's about it. They believe they're aliens. They don't believe in Nurgle or corn or any of these things. Because they're wrong...
1: Oh, God. This is why the is so <laughs> terrible at this. Emperor knows about this the entire
0: time. He, he's, he's hung out with them.
1: Also, the reason that they weren't in Terra at birth was because of the Chaos Gods.
0: <laughs> so these guys don't know anything. So Message comes through Davin. It's a planet. And they have a moon. And there was a governor named Eugene Tempa. And he has turned his back on the Empire. So Horus, go deal with this. So Horus grabs a couple of his buddies and gets there
1: Brad, what's,
0: what's the planet look like when he lands
1: it is a fully nurgle again the god of pestilence and disease the entire moon is that yes
0: yeah, sludge of, it, it's decaying sludge sludge
1: it, effectively it's what it actually is is dead everything all creatures decaying and that is what the ground is actually made up of. Billions of bodies, from animals to creatures to the people to everything, it is just decaying.
0: Yes, and so Horus has to go through this, and this is why I brought up the chaos thing. They've never seen this before. This isn't this isn't an alien world. It's wrong. Something is wrong. And remember, it, space marines are, are immune to toxins. And they're and also, even here. They're struggling. Right, and they're all.
1: The thing is, is also they have wildly attuned senses yep. and they all know something's wrong but they don't know what
0: because this is chaos this is not you know it's just it's not natural so the things that, that space Marines are built to fight that, that they're built for is their immunity to poison their extra lungs their healing they're not they're not meant to fight dark God power <laughs> so this planet's throwing them off a little bit they're they're actually struggling um, all, now, the zombies arrive and it is, you know, an unending plague of yeah, zombies. It's not walkers.
1: Yeah. I was and just saying, bears and yeah, I was saying, stuff but stuff. it's not your walking dead. Here's a few random zombies. It is all of the zombies. All of
0: the zombies. You're going to have bolters getting through them. So Horace decides to figure out where Eugene Tamba is, who's the governor, and we're going to go confront him. And maybe if we just kill him, it'll solve the problem
1: best part about this is this guy has absolutely no bearing in history except for the fact that he's the guy that started world war one by killing the Archduke.
0: yeah but (laughs) basically yeah they eventually they get to a ship that he's just sitting inside of it which is also decaying and horus confronts him and this is a man this is not a Primarch. i'm a space marine this is a man who moves With the speed of a primark. (laughs) I was just about to say,
1: he's never met a chaos-infused anything. So a regular guy, but infused by the powers of chaos. So he's not prepared for what
0: this guy does. And this guy flies. Yep. And he moves around. Horus can't do anything. Out of nowhere, during the fight, he stabs Horus. Then he is killed. He gets obliterated. Yeah, still. And I mean, he was
1: always going to lose, but he, he lose. did get a, a He did get a nick in, which actually
0: he really only really did get. Yeah, nicked. He poked him. I mean, in fencing he got a point. In fighting, he doesn't exist anymore. Another guy got stabbed lightly with a, point, right. with a pointy stick.
1: But because of the fact that this is a chosen weapon of a god of pestilence, well, that's
0: the thing. Is the blade he got stabbed with is an interesting blade. It's the one that was stolen from the iterex And we can now reveal Erebus.
1: Oh, yeah, Erebus handed it to him. <laughs> Erebus
0: secretly went down to the planet, gave it to him. The blade corrupted, you know, th- this governor. And the whole thing came from this blade. So what's important here is Horus has just been stabbed by a blade. Now, this blade's pretty cool. This blade, actually, if you speak the name of your target into the blade, it will create a poison that targets that person can't Anything, effectively can't be cured can't be cured so now you've got a Primarch, who's the most next to the emperor one of the most powerful beings in the universe they've got healing rates i mean you can shoot him with a bolter they couldn't care less You usually a last cannon they couldn't care less whatever but he just got pinpricked by a blade and he is sick um really sick he is struggling so they take him off world And this is when they discover all the problems. Effectively, Horace is dying.
1: And then, with the usual setup from the bad guys making a problem that only they have the answer to, (laughs) the apothecaries, which are the surgeons, I mean, they're they're the everything's.
0: Yeah, they're the medics. They're they're the medics. They're They're the 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 medics. They're the medics. But they're they're.
1: So Horace is going to die. He is suffering from and he's also suffering it's a it's not only just a uncurable disease it is a hey every nerve cell in your body is on fire he's gonna slowly and you're gonna watch effectively your favorite person ever because you're genetically designed to be that yeah he's are- currently dying the worst death you could think of and arabis shows up and says I think I have a way to cure Horace, but you're going to have to do it outside of what is normally allowed. And he tells that to his lodge, his closest advisors, the people that love him the most, and goes, I mean, guys, you shouldn't do this because we're not allowed. But
0: But if you'd allow us to bring Horace away from the doctor's. And over to our shamans.
1: <laughs> over to our devil-worshipping. <laughs> yeah, devil-worshipping
0: <are>, <laughs> shamans. Don't oh, totally cool. It's just a serpent lodge, whatever. Great name for a place you go to get healed. The problem is that the Luna Wolves have two choices. Their choice, number one, is to follow the Emperor's guidance and watch Horus die.
1: And in, in, to be fair, to be fair mm-hmm. everything that's going on right now that they want to do is strictly already been told that this is something you do not do. You don't ever go. Again, the emperor knows about chaos. So he tells them not to go with witchcraft and sorcery and, you know, anybody that could do that is a no, no, you don't, you don't go into this. It's only about science. You cannot let these people, he knows that it's because he doesn't want chaos to get a foothold. But again, he doesn't tell anybody.
0: It doesn't tell them why. It just keeps doing this. So, unfortunately, fortunately, whatever you want to call it, the Lunar Wolves agree. And they take Horus' dying body to Davin, which is one of the moons that is under the word bears. And in Davin, they take him into a serpent lodge. So, this is not a cleansing ritual in any way, shape, or form. This was a way for them to basically take Horus' soul out of his body and throw it into the immaterium so he can hang out with the chaos gods.
1: And he has a wildly long premonition where they show him the future. And the future is the emperor. They tell him this. The emperor has went back to Terra to get all the power of the Imperium and have himself become a god to be worshipped as a god. And that is why he left all of his sons Away and effectively tells him that some of the other primarchs that he doesn't like as much are going to also be part of that. <laughs> Just straight up going, you don't really like this guy? Yeah, he's gonna be the best. Yeah. <laughs> so they they tell him that the whole reason that his father left him is to plot against him, become a god, leave him behind, and kill
0: him and all of his brothers. And so at this point, Horace effectively well, what do you guys want and the and the chaos gods of course say well we're just we're going to be left alone we're not trying to do anything bad here we just the emperor is really he's beating us up he's doing all this stuff if you just we can help you if you just overthrow him then we can go back to our immaterium and we could just hang out over here doing what we do and you it, guys rule it, rule it, your and kingdom. the funny thing is,
1: is that he at least has the good sense to not trust them right. but for whatever reason he does trust the vision so he's really worried that his thousands of Space Marine brothers are going to be killed. killed. And the Emperor is going to do away with them.
0: And at this stage, I'm going to, you know, and I will be honest, I have a Thousand Sons army. I like Thousand Sons, but I'm going to turn on Magnus now. Oh, Jesus. So Magnus tries to help. So Magnus, because he is, in the, and we've covered Magnus a little bit, but Magnus is the Psyker of all of the Primarchs. And we say the Psyker, Magnus is... What what would you rank Magnus on most powerful psychers in the universe? I mean, he's
1: he's literally top three. Top three.
0: So because it's emperor, then you can go with like an Eldrad, though. Yes, it's, it's probably Eldrad. Malkador? Yeah,
1: he's well. He's then, how about this? He, we're we're having a debate about the the top psychers in the universe. In the universe
0: of and he's there. Trillion, yeah, of, of yeah. trillions. Magnus has been told over and over again. Don't do this. Stay out of the the warp. Stay out of psychics. And he just goes... again, no
1: reason why, though.
0: Yeah, and Magnus just goes, okay, and then just keeps doing it. So Magnus actually senses his brother in the immaterium and goes, and thinks his brother is dead. So he jumps in to see, hey, why... Horace, are you dead? And Horace is like, no, I'm not dead. What's going on? I'm just hanging out with these guys. These chaos gods. And Magnus does try to do the right thing. Tries to tell them, no, these guys are lying Which he does
1: several again. times. This always... is Magnus.
0: Yeah, so I'm going to refer to you with Magnus takes a lot of L's. That's what he does. He's very good at taking L's. So he tries to convince him of all the lies, tries to convince him that these guys aren't telling the truth, but apparently he sucks at it, and Horace just kind of blows Magnus off, and he makes a deal with chaos. And the deal he makes with chaos is to overthrow the emperor and in return they will cure him because one of them did this to him and they will support his army um and we'll get more into how they support him later but they do quite a bit of stuff like shielding him via the imiterium because remember the the one thing that we should probably discuss here quickly is the way that the mankind's empire functions that travels and talks through the warp chaos runs the warp So they can, they want to, they can use their powers to make it so that doesn't work so good. Or only works for some people and not so well for others. Horus at this point has converted, so now he wakes up. The Luna Wolves are thrilled because Horus is awake and he's cured. This weird demon ritual worked. Probably not going to be any problems with it. Absolutely no Exactly. This is great. Thanks, Erebus. Let's all trust you more now.
1: Even though
0: you're the weaseliest weasel of all time. Horus is now with chaos, and he has to pick who he wants to bring on board. So it goes through a long process, though. I mean, some of them are a bit easier. I mean, I think he kind of picked up Angron pretty quickly. I mean, that was... (laughs) <laughs> i'm pretty angron already fell to chaos he he doesn't even he don't even
1: know if angron still knows
0: he fell i chaos. actually i still believe if angron had gotten to ulnar first he would have hung out with the orcs and been like actually this is awesome i'm actually just going to go be an orc now so he's got a few others left sitting around him fulgrim being a big one mortarian and of course lorgar who already is there Lorgar's already there. there. Lorgar's already
1: there. And Fulgrim's not actually there yet. Fulgrim actually takes a long time. Uh, he actually converts Fulgrim in a long process where he. Fulgrim is a really good story though because Fulgrim. We won't. I would get into it later, but like, I'll just touch on it now. Fulgrim falls because he's the most vain of all the Primarchs, yeah. and legitimately. Doesn't really turn to chaos at first. He just gets manipulated to w- his pride, just kind of a "You won't do that."
0: Yeah, well, that that becomes basically how these guys mostly turn. I think Mortarian was an interesting one. Mortar- Angron didn't really turn. Angron just kept being Angron, and it turned out that made, that made him uh, chaos. Yes, <laughs> Mortarian he's able to bring over because Mortarian's got some issues with the Emperor as it stands.
1: Well, he was told that. Well, he had some issues. Period. But like yes. the big thing is, Horus tells him, and again, Horus's superpower is charisma. Is effectively telling any story he wants, and he convinces Mortarian one hundred percent. Our dad is trying to become a god, and he's going to kill us. And Mortarian, who already had some, well, a long story, had some doubts in the first place, becomes. Super. He's also Mortarian should be an honorary dwarf. He already holds grudges like no one's. Oh ever.
0: yeah. Mortarian told his dad betrayed all of mankind, and Mortarian just went, "Oh, not just me. Cool." Mortarian in later cast is kind of his fall is pretty sad in my mind. I think Mortarian everything about Mortarian. Mortarian's fall to chaos is pretty sad. Fulgrim. Let's spend some time with Fulgrim. I actually do want to talk about Fulgrim and his legion. Fulgrim's super power, super flaw is is that he's just likes being pretty and
1: it's, well, he's vain, but he also wants
0: perfection, perfection. exactly in all
1: things, but it becomes perfection and excess. Weirdly enough, there was a new chaos God who is all about vanity and excess. So weirdly enough, he starts getting whispered. He starts getting inner circle members of his that say,
0: why are we not doing this? Why aren't we the best? Why aren't we this? And Fulgrim fall is it, yeah it's it, it, he slowly just gets absorbed by slanesh
1: and then he also starts to purge people around him because you're holding me
0: back from being perfect, perfect the best and so this is kind of what starts happening within these legions but there's only a few of them at this stage there's a few legions where chaos is really getting in but while it's happening, we're gonna swing back to Magnus. Oh, Jesus, taking another L.
1: No, this is this is not an L. This is a capital yeah. L on the top of In a it. casino. So, for those
0: of you who are new to Warhammer, you will hear the phrase: "Magnus did nothing wrong. Magnus did everything wrong." I am on the latter part of that. So, so
1: <laughs> Magnus. Okay, the emperor didn't tell anybody. This is as usual the emperor's fault. Yeah. Magnus was told one million times, do not mess with sorcery. Yeah. So Magnus tries to contact his dad. Well, let's talk about what his
0: dad's really doing. We have a okay. question. So what his dad is really doing is what end around in chaos.
1: Yes. He, the, the, he is effectively trying to duplicate what the elves did, which is create a way to travel that bypasses the warp, which is basically goes into, we said it, I think, in episode two, it's like Stranger Things. It's the upside down. It's the it's the world between worlds. He's trying to make a webway gate, is what it's called. Or not even just it's a webway, uh, webway network. G- network, yeah. Network, yeah. yeah. Of of t- gates.
0: T- tunnels through the immaterium that the immaterium doesn't know exists that right. allows him to kind of move quickly throughout.
1: And so he is effectively making a super highway through the warp. So this is a super tricky, unbelievably important unbelievably dangerous
0: thing chaos does
1: not yes at this and they are they are, are, they are definitely protesting this pipeline they are yeah. looking to blow oh yeah this. so they're looking for any opportunity they, they are literally standing next to what he's doing and waiting for any mm-hmm. tiny breach in this
0: we talked before about geller fields he has surrounded his project with geller fields they, mm-hmm. nothing is coming in the Emperor, against bottom of the Himalayan mountains. He could have done this on the plains of, of the Serengeti. It wouldn't yeah. have mattered. But he wants to be in a mountain fortress like Dr. Evil, so that's what he wants to do. So he's in, the, in his Dr. Evil fortress working on this thing, and it's surrounded by these fields that keep psychic energy out. Magnus discovers... He wants that, to do
1: the right thing. Yeah, discovers and that in his the brothers
0: w- are turning to chaos. Worst
1: thing. way ever, instead of just sending a message, which actually he got got pretty quickly, he says, I have to tell him... Right now, and the best way to tell him is to use my sorcery powers, which are empowered by the warp, to tell dad. Well, in doing this, because he's crazy powerful, he punches a hole through his defenses and literally lets a demonic infestation in a giant incursion happen in the middle of his dad's work. The Emperor is also not exactly super excited that he was. Working effectively underwater, and his son pickaxed the two.
0: <laughs> and literal demons begin pouring into the capital.
1: Like it, but not just a couple guys went in through this thing. All no, of them. They've been massing everywhere around here because they can't get in. And they're just there there's armies, like infinite hordes of demons sitting here going, You guys ready? Yeah, we've got 46 million lines of us ready to go.
0: And so now, instead of a cool little workbench he's got in the basement working on his new thing, now he has to commit soldiers and troops to fighting the demons, which, by the way, he's told everyone don't actually exist, blah, 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 blah. This sucks. And Emperor doesn't really listen to what Magnus is saying because he's too busy yelling at him. And eventually, we'll cover this a little bit later. He decides to send the Space Wolves and the Sisters of Silence and the Custodes to go deal with the situation that is kind of
1: does because he he sends it the force, but Horus actually finds out that this is that happened from the Chaos Gods. So Horus contacts Lehman Russ, the Primarch of the Space Wolves, and just says, You need to go. Where's the farthest place I can possibly have you away from what I'm gonna do? Yeah, over here.
0: (laughs) Exactly. Once you go over there, and you also instead of like doing what Dad said, which was you know grab Magnus and bring him back, you need to kill him.
1: Yeah, no, you need to exterminate. Well, actually, he burns Prosperidad ground. Yeah,
0: yeah. So this is you know, and we're gonna cover Magnus's next couple big big losses in the coming episodes, but they're coming up. So that's kind of, but that's also what Brad would just talk about there is important. This is also a big inflection point for Horace. Horace now is committed to the to the revolution.
1: Well, the, the, this is the thing that Horace is an orc here because he was a, he, I can't say on Winning Palm because he's got so many times he could turn back. Yeah. So he's, it's a tragic story, but it's also a, hey man, here's these 15 different, you, you could have got off the bad guy expressway at these 15 exits and you decided not to sped
0: up. Yeah. Yeah, you
1: you were prideful. You also were convinced that you are better than the emperor in ruling. You will make the Imperium better. And the entire time he's being infused with power. So not only am I, I agree with you guys, I am going to be better, but also I'm clearly stronger, faster. I have new powers. Of course, this is the right decision. And He effectively does what most tyrants do in books and real life. Says, I'm going to have to do bad things, but
0: it's for for the greater greater good. good. Now he's on the path. He's made his decision. I'm going to, I'm going to go kill my dad. I'm going to earth. We're overthrowing this empire, but he's still not ready to go yet. He's got, he's got, he has got does not have enough of his brothers. He's got a couple of his brothers on on his side. But the other problem he has is that even within his own legion, his legion, in the, in the legion's.
1: It's well, it's all the legions he's gotten so far. This is a big thing because they do it every. Everybody that he's corrupted is told in different.
0: Mm-hmm. He
1: convinces them in different ways. It's all different. It's the same message, worded differently, which is you gotta get everybody on board, and wink, wink. If they're not on board, you gotta do something. About
0: yeah. that. So Horace then realizes that it's on him to do this something, and what he's going to have to do to make this revolution work is he has to have everyone unified. He's going to to purge legions. He's going to have to go through and figure out who's loyal, who's not loyal. This goes back to the warrior lodges. Thanks to the warrior lodges, they know. They actually do have. They've got their list of loyal, not loyal. Oh, question mark. Poor Garvin. <laughs> yeah. Oh, don't worry. We're going to cover slightly. Eisenstein. We'll get enunciations later, and the best way to do it is going to be to tra- is to let a trap. Because Horace loves a good trap. That's what we kind of see throughout a lot of this stuff. Even when he, he likes really makes a, a bad trap.
1: decision, he is wildly the yeah. tactical brilliant. And
0: in, in, in every story we hear about Horace, he's an incredible tactician. And so he decides that gonna, he's going to set a trap. And at that point, we're going to conclude this episode because the next one is going to be the opening of the rebellion. At this point, Magnus knows, Horace knows, but not a lot of other people know. And he's about to make sure everyone knows. Once again, I am John Barsati. This is Brad Chester. This guy. Thank you for listening, and we look forward to you joining us on our next cast.